So, what's happening? Yeah, it's been a busy couple of weeks. You've had the the vid. Yeah, I've been I've been dying, and I was getting better. And then I was actually well enough to um, basically all that happened was it was it was it was badass, um, sort of an illness. Um, but you know, after a week, it was all right. And then it was a bit of tiredness when I have had mentally stimulating like meetings. That I was like leading. And I would finish them and I'd be like, wow, I can feel the, the heat has hit me there. And then, so working from home was all right. I basically worked from home the whole time through it. So I was pitching in and out of certain things, even though I was in the height of it. I had MBA hand-ins as well in the middle of it. So I, I couldn't stop. And I'm in the two kids. So I think if you had time just to sit back and relax and stay in bed, I think you'd be way easier to get over it. But the weird things happened to me, I don't know if you can see it, but there's a few red marks on my hand. So the last two days, I've I've had these this rash. Yeah. And it's all over, basically. Um, it itches, and it's the fat on my hands. It's like it stings. If I hold anything hot, hot, it's like a burn. It's like baby skin. So wait, like. has anyone else had that? Like the missus no. or kids? No. No, no. And actually, weirdly, track and trace keep phoning you throughout your isolation thing. And to be fair, actually, it was quite a funny story. One of them, she had really bad signal. And she was just the most grumpiest person ever on this NHS track and trace. And she asked me this question. And obviously, this is the height of me being ill as well, by my day six or day seven. And she goes, Okay, so have you had any of the following symptoms? Um, headache, no. Sore throat, no. Have you lost your smell or taste? And I was like, Oh, yeah, I have actually. And she went, When was that? And I went, Monday. So then, stupid lady went and typed in Monday is day one of my symptoms. Oh, went, yeah. oh, just to confirm, you're. Um, your uh, isolation now will end on the 8th of October. I'm like, nah, it ends on the 3rd. She went, no, no, the computer says that now. I said, well, change the date. <laughs> she went, I can't, you have to phone 119 now. I said, you joking? You, you asked the question, have you got these symptoms? And I said, no, no. And then yes to the last one. You didn't ask me about, because the rest of the conversation was, my wife was positive. The day after, I got a positive lateral flow then got the cough. So obviously I was positive from the Thursday, not the Monday. And that's, I said, that's huge because it affects work, nursery, everything that does. She went, oh, sorry, you have to phone this number. And I said, well, your signal's awful. Phone me back. She never phoned me back. Then I kept getting a phone call. I just ignored it. And then they passed me on to Staffordshire Council. So they phoned me saying, oh, you're apparently not responding. So I explained the story. They were fine. And anyway, I got a phone call this morning and it was a really nice one. She was like, at the end of the call, she was like, I was very nervous phoning you because you've got a mark on you saying you're grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> I said, that's ridiculous. So I told her the story. She went, yeah, I do. it doesn't really make sense because you don't sound grumpy at all. You've been very nice. Yeah. I was like, I am nice. It's just the lady was really obnoxious and she wasn't very good and telling me that I was going to have to isolate for another four days. She didn't appreciate how much of an impact that makes when you're fine, like. Ah, that's, that's the problem, isn't it? When, when everyone agrees to these random rules that come out, they're just so arbitrary, aren't they? And it's yeah. just and it's one size fits all. And, and in her little script, she probably did nothing wrong. She's yeah. told to let's go through that and then start it. So even though you can go, no, but I physically did a test and it yeah. tested positive four days before that. But in her little script, that isn't in there. Yeah, she so just typed in. Uh, yeah, she followed right. her little thing. And, and yeah, and they have no clue. This is like a small little... Like anecdotal version isn't it of the disruption it can cause because yeah. it's only four days here or there and they're going well what, what does that matter you know we're protecting a pandemic and you go you're not though are you you're following arbitrary rules and yeah. it means it stops you for an extra four days being able to do just day-to-day stuff and and obviously your missus are also ill at the same time yeah you know, like the, the kids need to go go do stuff and i need to go do stuff and the rules are 10 days and you're basically I mean, going at 14 now because yeah. <laughs> you're counting me four days later from when I physically tested positive which surely is the time it should count but I think in reality probably what they're almost saying is those tests aren't accurate so instead mm. we look for symptoms and uh the first time yeah. you displayed a covid symptom was that day and that's what their justification probably is even though it's clearly nonsense because you were ill four days earlier like in bed ill so that was obviously yeah. when it started yeah uh, it's, it's just insane and yeah, because they, they, they do proper hound you as well. And they constantly message you to say, what do you do? So anyway, I just changed. My story, fortunately, was for the days before, the three days before I got the positive, if you like, I'd worked from home 
because I had another illness, I had like a bit of a sore tummy. So I stayed from home anyway. So fortunately, I didn't have to go and give everyone their contact details. So all I had to do is give wives and the two kids. And the lady was so funny. She was like, I just put your contact details down. So I just got a little text message saying, hi, Jesse, you need to self-isolate now for 10 days. <laughs> you got to show Jesse, like he's fucking 10 months old. There you go. Read this, mate. No going out. Stop texting that girl. You're not going yeah. you're, you're, you're barred for another 10 days. So yeah, it's um yeah, it's been insane. And yeah, all getting good now. So the thing is, I'm full I regardless of being in and not having anything else to do, I've been putting my efforts and mental thing into surviving and doing a bit of work. So I haven't really done much um listening around Bitcoin or reading about Bitcoin other than what smashed me in the face, and that's obviously the price. So It'd be interesting to have a catch up today. I know we've got a few agenda items anyway from previous weeks, um, but I think it'd be probably quite pertinent to start with the last seven days, or probably actually about eight or nine days. So payday um, thing happened again. So it came hit the twenty sixth, and the price the price went down a few k. So yeah, and it, weirdly we got an NHS pay rise of one point five percent backdated to April. So we had a little bit more in the old pay. So and whacked in 800 quid and it was a thousand now it's interesting isn't it so it's obviously got up 20 percent or whatever so that sort of just showed you what's happened over the last week and so when it's gone from i use english money so from 30k up to 40 and it's now around 39 and a half and if you follow well actually i actually did do a quick google i put um into google today bitcoin to see what was coming up at the top of it and the independent came up all right it's an independent paper independent.co.uk and it said price forecast by an analyst and the analyst actually plan b is the person they oh. follow on twitter isn't he? so he was Great. named on it that'd be interesting and what did they say yeah so he they followed and they actually have predicted using his s2f model Octoflow. yeah they've said they've actually used it and he said he's, he's been correct over the last of the history of bitcoin and they estimated that it was going to be, oh Christ, what did they say? It says, I think it was like 68 by the end of this month. Um, let's have a look if I can find it. There we go. Yeah, it was going to be, by the end of this month, it's going to be 68K. Um, where's it gone? And anyway, basically by the end of the year, oh, I found it, here we go. So it said, it was going to be, yeah, it basically goes back and it says what he's predicted from August and September, and it's been pretty accurate. And that was it. He goes 64K by the end of this month. It's going to be 98, this is dollars, $98,000 in November. December will just hit 100K, finishing the year at 135. Yeah, 135 is a number I've heard as well. And that makes absolute sense to following it, and then it will probably stay around that sort of number. It might probably go up to maybe a bit more. It'll hover that number then for the next three years until halving to oh, yeah. probably oh. probably hover around 100, won't it? So it's going to go up to about probably 180, $190,000 and it'll bang down to 100K. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, the bubble will burst, won't it? To yeah. Well, because that 135 number, that's the bottom of his range for this for this set of the halving. So for this bull market, the bottom of his range is 135. Right. Uh, the right. mid range is 288. And then if we do what we did in 2017, which following his model, we shouldn't have gone as high as we did. We shouldn't have gone to 20. Uh, 20 was near the top of his range. Uh, so I think he was predicting more like 14, 15. Yeah, and we over, right. overshot. So what I would expect, and that was the, the overshot, the mid range, what he's expecting. So what he's expecting, he's only clarified himself down. And so essentially what I think his bottom of his range was 10K, middle was like 14 or 15. Um, so this time when he's saying 135 that's the equivalent of him saying 10 last time uh, and it's 288 and typically we go even higher than that because as we get to there we get FOMO and then we get these big spikes where you go out of his range completely and come back Yeah, and that's where the big drawbacks kind of come in so 135 yeah is, is the safe number which is just awesome to be saying it's because uh, yeah. that's pretty much you know give or take a, a 3x from here so that takes uh, takes us in pounds, pretty much, to, pretty much hundred k, nice and rounded up. Yeah, and that's that's the bottom of the range. And uh, so if we do 
what he's what we what will happen in 2017 where we get the FOMO and this will, won't just be retail FOMO it'll be institutional investor FOMO um company FOMO and you've seen that mm. and even country FOMO so these guys <laughs> there's a different level of money now this isn't a couple of people go like working in offices that have scrabbled together five or ten k this is countries companies and institutional investors when these boys come in it's billions straight away and uh, and that's what we've that's what we've seen over the last week uh there's been two occasions where you know, we're around that 40k and really i think the 40k one was largely a short squeeze where a lot of people were betting on the price going down and we've discussed this before, yeah. this before so when people get too confident the price is going to go down it only takes a small movement up and they all have to then buy a higher price and we shoot up so that was the first leg and then the leg we had so that pretty much i think in saying in dollars that took us from i think it was like 39 or something straight to about 47 48 and then someone just market brought they waited a week market brought 1.6 billion dollars worth and that took us from 48 straight to 55 uh, in five minutes and that happened in the last couple of days so yeah that's what we were talking about right you can you can and, you, and the great thing is you can see it on the blockchain you can just see that in a five minute period 1.6 billion dollars so it's 29,000 bitcoin someone just put it onto an exchange somewhere and press buy which is just insane insane and this is the the thing is that that's when people say like oh for the price of bitcoin to continue going up like you're gonna you keep needing an exponential amount of more money to move the price yeah because back when we were one or two k yeah just if someone market brought 10 or 20 million it would pump 20 percent in a five minute period and as once we get to 50k everyone's been going well 10 or 20 million won't do it now now you need a billion that's not going to happen it's happening this as we as we go more and more people that have got more and more money are realizing what bitcoin is they're being orange pilled they're realizing that inflation is the biggest scam in history and they are converting their assets from stocks shares property pounds and dollars and they're moving it into bitcoin and and for these real big guys they're not even all in yet they're not they're, they're just testing it they're going oh i have say you know 50 billion i want to get five percent ten percent into bitcoin they're just they're kind of punting it's, a, it's their little hedge but when these guys just hedge that means 1.6 billion that's their punt and uh that's what we're seeing and like we always said there's something like 42 million i think there's around yeah. around 42 45 million um millionaires on the planet and there's a 21 million bitcoin so they all can't have one bitcoin <laughs> uh so it's a race that's what we're talking about millionaire fomo that's what we wanted that's what's really going to drive bitcoin into the millions because all the millionaires can't have one they can't have a whole coin they can't be whole coiners they're gonna to have to accept just ten thousand a hundred thousand a million sats and uh so yeah if you've got if you've got your one bitcoin already then you're ahead of the millionaires it is insane because um i i what you said there about how much it's going to need to market move to what we've just seen over the last week it is absolutely crazy numbers. Like you say, $1.8 million or whatever went in. I Because when, when we were sat here in 17, you'd see it moving by £100 and it would be switching in every second by like 5 to £10. It'd be jotting up and down. But now you, you refreshed, it's gone up or down £1,000. It's it, That's a normal swing, day. Yeah, well, in one day you can like lose 20K, you can make, 20k it isn't it's ridiculous isn't it obviously certain other people can make hundreds of k's in one day and and it just it is crazy isn't it when you think about it and the amount of money that's going in it is the next level up but will we see country fomo i, I that's the doubtful bit from my point of view i think we're going to be seeing i i can't see those numbers coming by the end of the year i genuinely can't see it i i think we i you doubt for us um, plan B's. I think we will see those numbers in the future. I just do not see them coming so soon. I, you don't see 100k in pounds this year. No, I can't imagine it. Honestly, Irish. I need to kick you off the podcast. I know. I know. <laughs> I know, but I think it's just it's worth to put the opinion out there. I, the way it's got to 40, like it has 
we'll see when it gets to all time highs. And but the 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 bullish side of me says we haven't even heard it in the news yet. There's been no news like headline news, so we know we're early on that side for this for this oh, run. Exactly. We know we're that. Not, we're not the all time high yet, are we? So no. So it is going to be interesting, but. Should we do a prediction then? Do you, where are you sat with Plan B? Uh, are you sat with him? Are you following the stock to flow, or you um, have you got your own? So let's go hole. by the end, the end of twenty twenty one. What the peaks been? Is it, is it the peak then? Are we still on the run? Or because obviously we could do a little hump. So we're at the end of the year, we could actually be lower than what we could be. So I want the highest number that we're going to see in twenty twenty one, and where we end up on New Year's Eve. Mm, yeah, when we're, when we're shipping sipping champagne. Yeah, on, on, on any day, it's nearly impossible to get close to the price because it's just going to be so yeah. far. Especially seeing as I think we are going to be in crazy territory. But at the beginning of the year, my prediction was 750k in pounds. <laughs> so that was that's about, I think, 650 or 600k in pounds. Uh, but yeah, we've had, we've had a bit more of a rough year. I think we were, we were on the trajectory, but then we had some pullbacks from... Because like Elon started the FOMO and it was going nicely, and then he also ended it and pushed it all to Doge, so he kind of derailed us a little bit, I think. So <laughs> he did. I would, I would just based on this and based on the fact we're in October now as well, so it's only three. I'm in October, November, just yeah, so three months left. <clears throat> so I, I would halve it. I'll go to three fifty, three fifty dollars, three fifty thousand. So about two hundred fifty k. That would be my prediction. We'll all hit that in the next three months. Uh, at some point end of the year i don't know uh, it depends where we hit it um it might roll over to next year um but yeah it's it's just we're just getting started this is just the this is the build-up this is we haven't even started mooning yet this is the build-up mm -hmm. right so in in, the, in all the graphs that you see we have this little spike we have a pullback and everyone thinks it's over then we go so we haven't then we go yet we're just building back up to the all-time high so if we if we go and we use the percentages that's happened last time and, and the billions that are coming in right now continue to come in. And uh, we just get some billionaires, whether it's countries or companies, it's easy, easy we get to 200,000 pounds of coin. Uh, yeah. So that'd be my prediction. For sure. will, there, will there be enough Bitcoin though to on the exchanges or will that be the hindrance, do you think? No, there's there's always, enough? Well, that's the thing. Like, if there is well, there's 22 the billion. Higher. Is it, is it no 220 million available on the exchanges free flowing? There always changes, right? So, but, pounds, sorry, it can't be that many. Um, no, I've definitely saw it on Coinbase. I'm sure I saw something about that saying about how many is free flowing, whatever that means. That just means no, that just means how many how much is traded that day. Oh, is that what that means? Because I just thought it'd be a sense check of those numbers is more than Bitcoin supply ever. So, that was obviously a load of rubbish. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's what it means. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I think typically on on Coinbase, there's there's billions of Bitcoin traded each day, which is why when someone just buys a billion, that shoves the buy side hugely higher than the sell yeah. side, so the price pumps twenty percent. So that's the thing, right? So I think that that is what's going to drive this price because mm -hmm. what we're seeing at the moment, I think it's around eighty five percent of the Bitcoin has not moved in the last three months, right? So people are just buying it and holding it. They're moving it to their cold storage. So that's 85% of the supply isn't available. Yeah, That literally means only 15% of the Bitcoin is available in circulation on exchanges. So that's only a couple of million Bitcoin. And so it doesn't take much. So exactly that is my um, kind of hypothesis, really, is once these guys come in and start buying 10, 20, $30 billion worth, no one's selling Bitcoin at this yeah. price. So well, what has price goes to... So yeah. what has to happen, if there's no one to sell it at 55K, it goes to 56K, then 57. And they have to keep going up until they find someone to go, hello, guys, someone needs to sell some fucking Bitcoin. And eventually it goes to 100, 150, 200. And finally, at these kind of price points, people that have been in since you know Bitcoin was 10 pounds or whatever, they finally go, you know what? That's my price. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cash out a couple of Bitcoin and buy a house. So that they find the buyers, but at this price, they're just sat there going, no chance, I ain't moving. <laughs> so when these billionaires come in, there wasn't any Bitcoin to buy. So the only way they're going to get it, you have to put the price up. And eventually some people, some people fold and go, go on then, I'll cash out and go and sort out my family for the rest of my life. And um, you can have 
a couple of my Bitcoin and I'll, I'll take half a million and uh, go and buy a nice house and be live happily ever after, but I'm keeping the rest of it. So that's that's what drives the price up. It's the the, the scarcity of Bitcoin is, is coming true, right? This is, you can't just print more shares, you can't print more Bitcoin. And uh, once these big boys come in, there isn't enough Bitcoin for all of them. Yeah, and interestingly, I've, I've never seen it this way before, but trading activity on Coinbase says 55% sell, 44% buy. And it's always normally the other way around. And the typical whole time is 85 days. So that's obviously been skewed by some major buys and sells lately. But would a sell on Coinbase be to a, a, a ledger? Is that technically a sell in their eyes? Or is, it, is that held on Coinbase? They won't probably know, will they? Judging by the fact that you said 85% of Bitcoin hasn't moved in three months, suggests to me that that's probably, as soon as it's moved off the platform, it's a sell. No, no, no. That's purely on their platform. So they're just, right, so all your your counting there is 85%, that's their view of Bitcoin. So that's the buys and sells. So that is their metric, right? So if they're saying 55% of people have been selling at 45%, Straight away, you'd have to. That sounds strange. So I don't know how that's the case because the price has obviously been shooting up over the last eighty-five days. But who knows? Maybe there's been some big dumps, and that's what like is skewing it at the moment. But no, that's purely on the platform. So the couple of million Bitcoin that are out there right now, they're trading. So that that couple of million Bitcoin are the ones that are dictating the price because eighty-five percent of the Bitcoin is just sat in ledgers, just sat safe. Which essentially what that does is it builds the floor. Like the price of Bitcoin can't go below a certain point because there's just no one else selling. So there's always buyers and the price kind of goes down to a point and no one's selling. Everyone else is like just rock solid. Like I'm not selling my Bitcoin. I'm, I'm waiting for hyper Bitcoinizations. Uh, maybe I, I'm going to be buying houses and stuff in my Bitcoin and I'll be able to give someone a million sats and buy a house. That's what I'm waiting for. I'm never going to sell. So that's why each time like the price floor just keeps chasing Bitcoin up. And um, that's and it looks like the price floor at the moment is about forty thousand dollars. Um, so we've bounced from forty thousand dollars up to fifty-five. So now we're suddenly in that weird place where we could easily drop fifteen thousand dollars tomorrow because that's the Bitcoin on the exchanges, and someone could just pump it back down. But we'll hit forty, and they run out of Bitcoin to sell. It's all been sold, and everyone else is holding it. So eventually, more people come on the platform, and the price starts ticking back up. So each time, the floor just keeps rising and rising and rising and rising. So that's. Yeah, that's why we say like pretty much the, the next floor is going to be probably around the one hundred thousand pound mark. It's currently about thirty thousand, and it'll be about three times higher than that in the next year. And then, yeah, then we'll just be we'll be bored quite quickly. We'll be having ten thousand pound days on a on a on a daily basis, and you won't even blink an eye because that'll just be a ten percent swing. And then eventually, we're going to get to one hundred thousand pound days. It's going to be insane, but that's just it's going to be normal for the people getting in they're just going to be having their normal 10 percent swings because they brought in at a million pounds a coin because yeah and the, i think that that's quite a good explanation of why the price because the thing that always does it doesn't make sense from especially being through this 2017 peak and drop <clears throat> we saw it go from three grand to two grand in the middle went via 14 15 and 16 thousand pounds and so you always think, can it go crashing back down? But then the point of what you've made is, as time goes on, the hardened Bitcoiners are, are sticking with, with not selling and hodling. And that's the key. So you've got so many Bitcoin that's not available, therefore can't be traded. So it's, it's solid, isn't it? So the price can't go any lower because there's nobody there selling it with that price tag. And that, that makes sense. So, so when it goes to... What would you sell Bitcoin for? Like I was chatting to one of my mates literally today about it. And he was thinking like, oh, I, a certain price I might sell. I'm like, when you convert it into? And he went, um, I don't really know. I need to take profit. And you go, but what for? Like, just leave it in. Like, just Unless you have something very specific you need to buy and it's a, a, like an expense that... You know, kids going to uni or like buying a house or something that you're going to live in uh and yeah he was actually went oh i might buy a property and rent it out and i just went why what what, what are you doing that for so oh well f- because then it's a reliable income and stuff so like, well, have you worked out whether the income that you're going to get from that house is it going to be more than the bitcoin gains you went, oh no so, so what you're doing you're on autopilot 
you're still in the fiat world. This is not a normal investment. Like the entire value of the pound is going to go to fucking zero and everyone's going to denominate everything in Bitcoin. You have to leave your sats. You have to, unless you need it, do not sell. Do not yeah. sell a single sat. You should be stacking unless yeah. you absolutely categorically need the money, then fine. Convert your sats into some services that you need or in, into some goods. Fine. But don't just do it to diversify your investment into property because you're just do purely doing that for gains. And you honestly think property is going to outstrip Bitcoin gains over the next 10 years? And he has answered, no, I don't. Like, so what are you doing it for then? He went, I don't know. Well, it's interesting you say that. I had exactly the same conversation with dad yesterday. Identical. Is so he we're trying talking... to take profit? No, 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 no. So I was telling... I've got it. Nah. That's what I said to him, yeah. <laughs> so I said to him, um, we were just discussing the price and stuff, and he was just like, I made a different... He was asking my plan. Um, so, and then I said to him, well, what, what do you think? Like, what happens when it hits, let's say 100K for a coin? And he told me, oh, yeah, I think it, 100K probably... And then he went up a bit higher, straight away. And then he said, yeah, I might sell it. And I said, okay, well, what, what, would, you, what would you spend the money on, by the way? Because obviously you're not exactly poor, are you? Yeah. Both retired. Oh, well, mum should be retired, which not. But and he goes, oh, I might invest it. And I was laugh. And he went, what would I invest it in, though? Oh, I wouldn't do that. So even he said he would invest it. There you but go. I was like, Isn't it invested? It's like, but again, he doesn't fully get what we've just discussed then. So yeah. he'll, in the back of his mind, think it's going to go back down to 15, 20K. So I want to take a bit now. And then I was like, it might get a nice car. I said, whatever you do, don't say that to, to Mr. <laughs> Allen. <laughs> so do not say that. Because <laughs> that's what I like joking with you. With. I just text you saying, no, I've just, um, because I've got COVID, I can't go out and test drive my Lambo, which I've just purchased. <laughs> and you're like, prick. <laughs> Uh, yeah. no, that's funny, I think it's like literally they, they, to be fair like they do come from the world of oh I need to get money in an ISA uh, I need yeah. to like buy some type of like pension fund without realizing all these things are broken now yeah it's not 50 years ago like when their parents did it it made absolute sense number one bitcoin didn't exist and number two you would get eight to ten to twelve fourteen percent gains per year so if you made like 100K, it would make absolute sense to put that 100K in an ISA, leave it there for 10 years. You'd get half a million at the end of that. Yeah. It's just great. That is almost a no-brainer, nice and safe investment. But we're at the end of the time that the pound and all that is going to be around. All these ISAs, all the pension pots, everything they've all got virtually zero percent interest rates on it now so if you put that 100k in there in 10 years time you'd have like 110k which with inflation is less it looks like on paper oh i made 10k no you didn't the spending power let's say the the lambo was 100k today just for sake of argument in 10 years time that lambo is now 250 and you, you walk up with your 100k go i want to buy the lambo now they're like no it's 250 you know but i've got 110 not 100 yeah you've lost 50% yeah, yeah. of your buying power. You can only buy half a Lambo now. Uh, so yeah, is, unless you want guaranteed losses, that's why you would sell your Bitcoin and invest it in something else. Yeah, especially if you're going to keep it in cash or put it in ISA. It's, um, yeah, it's just still early days. It's, the thing is that it's, it's still, it's probably for, it's still his like proper first bull market, isn't it? And everyone yes, it tries to guess the top and get out. And it's like, you just need to, Ride it up, ride it back down, and then ride it up in four years' time. Just, just enjoy the ride. This is, this is the future of money. Everyone's going to be denominating in sats in probably ten years' time, and you're going to really rue the day that you sold your sats at 100k or something. Because, yeah, you'll, you'll be essentially having to convert your pounds back into Bitcoin uh, at a million or two million pound a coin. Going, what the hell is this? Like, I mm. sold so cheap. Like yeah, it's, it felt high at the time, but it's just because that was the cycle you you got in. But it's like that the people that bought Bitcoin at one pound, you know, loads of them sold at ten, loads of them sold at a hundred, loads of them sold at a thousand. All thinking this is all time highs. I don't want to do the eighty percent drawdown. But guess what? The people that went, I'm going to live through it. They now still have those one pound Bitcoin at forty thousand pounds of Bitcoin, and are richer beyond their wildest wildest dreams. And it's still 
got so much to go. Like 15 million pounds a coin is the top. That's everything. That's the world. So if we get to 15 million and people start selling their Bitcoin and buying stuff with it, then it's okay. Now we allow it. <laughs> That's the top. I agree. Yes. Now we just have two to two to 4% fluctuation per year, up and down. It's, there's no crazy gains left. We have everything. We are on a Bitcoin standard now. It's just the same with gold, right? Gold went, yeah. gold went crazy up. It took, it took gold 50 years. I think it would take Bitcoin about 20 years, maybe 30. And then um, loads of fluctuation. Once you get there, you have 500 years of flat. So we're in exciting 20, 30 years. We're 12 years in. This is the exciting time. Get in, convert your money. You, do, you don't want to be the guy holding the rice stone. You don't. No. No, interesting. Um, but the thing is, it's, it's that balance, isn't it? And I think every Bitcoiner will probably have this in the back of their mind. And I'm still puzzled with it because I have this conversation. It was only, again, yesterday with Holly because obviously I gave her a little update of where we were. And she's just like, like, fucking hell. We need to get a Lambo. <laughs> no, she's new kitchen. No, no, no. She, so she's better than that. She's better than that. So she was just like, when do it? When does it get to the point where I don't have to go to work? That's <laughs> what oh, she okay. wants to know. And I was like, I get that. That's so. This is the point, isn't it? It's all good and well huddling and but keeping your own level yeah. of living. I want to get to a point where I have bought my house and have a no purpose to go to work. Yeah. And there's only you don't want to be. See, the thing is, life's short, isn't it? We just don't know what's around the corner. So you don't want to just be this super, you know, potentially super rich person in, at 60 if you were going to drop dead before 62 sort of thing. Yeah. So you need to balance it. So my aim is by the next halving to not have to work. That's what I'd like it to be. And then that means we can just let the kids go to school. We can do hobbies like either have a little, you know, little projects which is what we've always talked about buying some houses doing them up ourselves i know you'd hate that and it doesn't <laughs> but it's it's something you can do and then you can see yeah it keeps you busy or because we we can't just go traveling you see that's what i would do otherwise um so it's an interesting thing what what would you do and why why would you want the money out so mm. you, so i i've just been thinking about this so instead of doing something like a project like having to take 200 or 300k out to build a house up Let's just take that out and go, we don't need to work for 10 years. Hmm. Basically, I'm following a very good model that someone else has done. And I think that's quite a good idea because that way then you've got the pressure of not having to work. Why would we go to a bloody hellhole in you know, Warsaw or something doing up a, a 30, 40 grand house to make 10 grand? Like, it is more value leaving in Bitcoin. What isn't more value leaving in Bitcoin is my life when I'm in my 30s or maybe probably touching 40s by the time it comes to it. I've been able to do what the hell I want when I want, and and you can do some useful stuff. And like, yeah, and so it's it's balancing that point because what you don't want to do, fortunately, from what we've discussed today, the price is going to always stay to a point where you can buy your house for this from now on. But there is always that op that there is always that doubt in your mind that it goes back to the price it is now, and you can't sell because if you sell now. You may as well, it's like winning a big bet or something. It's not life-changing. You get got to get to the point where you can buy your house, but still have money left in the future. So it's out there. Yeah. It's that balance in that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because the thing is like Bitcoin, like there's a there's a good phrase like Bitcoin essentially is like um time in energy. So essentially all money is it buys you time. Uh so people pay you for your time. And then if you have money, you get to buy your time back. So that, that is what you should be buying. Uh, you shouldn't be buying material items. You should be buying your time. So that's exactly what I did. I bought my time. Uh, I didn't want to be paid by the hour to go into work. I decided I had to exit some of my Bitcoin and I bought my time back. I went, I, I now have brought like five years of my life so for me to live and do whatever the fuck I want with it. So Bitcoin allow, allowed me to buy five years of time. And, um, and that was, you know, you can't put a price on these things because you get to do whatever you want in that five years. Whereas... Well, stay at home for a year. <laughs> I know. Well, for this one, yeah. This one was a shit one. But um, yeah, last year wasn't particularly great. I, I was got to Sweden for a bit. But then 
but then yeah it's so that's what you get to do yeah so you, you buy time and buying time is, is never ne you should never apologize for buying time because you, you we all have limited time on this earth so if you get to buy time and do whatever you want with it in that time then that was worth it and with material items or if you're going to take out bitcoin and put it into other investments and like for houses and do them up you're nearly always going to be disappointed with the gains. It's always going to be like, what, what are you really doing? If you're just going to try and keep yourself busy, just do something else because the money that would have been in that house would have been better off in Bitcoin and just going up faster. So it's nearly done. Like you just, yeah, more you, you're paying, you're, you're literally paying to do that because you're losing money. And, uh, and you might even lose money on the investments you do, especially on the first houses. You might spend 30 grand and then the price of the house only goes up by 25 plus fees you might lose like seven or 10 grand on a, on one of the, cause not everyone makes money. Right. Especially yeah, yeah. if you're trying to flip them quickly, you know, that especially in this kind of um, crazy market win right now. And if kind of some of my predictions come true and the pound uh, hyperinflates and it all goes crazy, people aren't going to have money and the price of property would take a dip during all this. It, it would actually take a dip and we could have another kind of nine 11 type event where the price of houses will go down by 30 or 40%. So you don't want to be buying the top of one of them and take a 200 grand mortgage out and overnight your the, the, the price of your house is now only worth 100K and you've got a mortgage for 200. And, so I, and now you're like trying to do it up and you're like, oh my God, we're trying to turn this house from 200 to 240 and uh, it's now worth 100. And now we'll be lucky to get 140 back, take a 60K hit on it. So yeah, I wouldn't go into that type of stuff. I think if you're going to go into business, go into business, try and set up a business that is interesting something you love to do something that you get passion out of something that is genuinely a passion and that's why i set up a bitcoin education business you know i knew it wasn't um going to return more money than my bitcoin gains but i enjoy doing it and it is basically um i i don't feel like i'm working when i do it i just i love it so well it's really help people as well that that app because somebody's very grateful for you right now because i told you um i was talking to him two weeks ago gave them the app gave them a little chat and they bought in just at 30 maybe 31 32 so they straight away hit some gains and then that's how to hook and sink someone that is and he's and the guy's pretty frugal as well so the fact that they trusted and invested in that that said quite a lot yeah. um so obviously that's that's a really good way where it's, it could quite easily have been the other way it could have been coming in now because they'd have heard a bit on the news potentially and seen that this massive steep peak and then they bought in and it went down to 36 and obviously straight away they think it's going to go to zero again so it's it's really an interesting time when they did buy in but it was it was very much speeded along by your app because he was like i didn't understand money and i didn't understand money no one does no one does i didn't and i remember i remember I when you said to me because <laughs> i was meant i i did test a few of your lessons in the early doors and then i obviously got distracted and i asked you a question you were like well, if you've read a bloody app you'd know the answer so i did the app in one one or two nights and it was it was it was literally it was, it was the day that it, it clicked for me absolutely it was the day it clicked for me because up till then i was just following in your footsteps with i just trusted you and i i didn't verify i just blindly went with you and i thought well you're you're, you're gonna do all right you've always done all right you're generally pretty switched on and you wouldn't tell me or even give me any advice if you weren't almost 100% certain. That's so hence why I could follow. Um, but that now I can actually educate people myself. <clears throat> I, if it goes back to the point of sometimes you just have to turn around and say, have fun today and poor, because some people do just not want to know and some people aren't open to the thing. So I always say step one of, of trying to learn Bitcoin is be open to actually listening and not just straight away say, no, it's rubbish. Fud, fud, fud. You've got to listen. If you want to hear about it, here's two tools and i always give them a couple of pods and bitcoin lessons and when you want help getting through coinbase i know it's scary i help you i've always offered that and that's what i normally do I'm just talking through it it's normal to be like this it's normal like that yeah well what i've what i've realized is there's a reason why whenever i go to a bitcoin event i love nearly everyone there every single time i just talk to some random guy um, at an event we just connect straight away and it's just and um, it's because to get Bitcoin right now, you have to be open-minded, relatively intelligent, uh, and have high conviction to follow what you believe. Yeah. You, you, like you've discovered something. You've almost found a hole in the matrix. And now you have to really fucking believe it. 
and put your money where your mouth is and show conviction. And those types of people are just my people. They're, they're people that look at the data, they analyze something, they see a problem and they just go, I'm going to put my time, effort and money into this thing. And that's where we are right now, which is why nearly all Bitcoiners are, are people that I just instantly connect with. And it's why I'm on Bitcoin Twitter all the time, making connections, trying to go to as many events as I can. Uh, and over time, that will we're change. Gonna, we're that, gonna that will it. change. We're going to lose, lose it. Eventually, all the masses will be in, and it's just like eighty percent of Bitcoin is going to be retards again. Um, it will be because it's it's going to get to the point where there's going to be people that know everything that don't know anything. You know the type yes. that we see in in the football world all the time. You talk to someone about football and they'll know everything about it, but it'd be all a load of garbage. And it's going to be the same point. And that, that's a really good point. And I think the open-mindedness and the conviction, the conviction is key because you can believe it and go, it's going to go up to this. But have you genuinely gone all in? Yeah. Not many people can say yes. Why else, why else by the way, um, caveating that to having a safe life still? Mm. So not being all in in the sense that you've, you've riddled yourself up to... Yeah. yeah, there's recklessness. And, but the thing is, when you think about debt, like, I'm leveraged up to debt to my tits, if you think about it. Like, you think of, you've got a student loan sat there and you've got a mortgage. That's massive debt, isn't it? You can't pay that off this week. Hmm. But it's safe debt, isn't it, ultimately? It's not going to... I do obviously don't agree with it, but, you know... Um, I, I, yeah. <laughs> no, you didn't. You, you had your student loan, you got rid of it. I, I did that debate with you, though, didn't I? And hmm. I've, I've opted out of um, a very safe... Um, pension scheme to pay off a student loan, but then I actually changed my mind to do that from your conversation. So it's bought extra Bitcoin with it. Yeah, once you've got it, like the mistake was getting it, but once you've got it, the interest on it is less than the gains you'll make on Bitcoin. So it actually makes sense to leave the gains in Bitcoin and pay and the is, interest. So that's where the point comes to the house because the house is obviously going to be a hundred, couple of hundred K. So you pull out your Bitcoin to pay for that providing you still got enough in there, but how much is enough to leave in there before you buy it? You don't have a mortgage, don't necessarily have to work, but you still have to work because you haven't got enough extra out. It should be about, I would say, no more than 20%. No more than 20, yeah, yeah. You want to you leave as much in as you can. Yeah, it's, that's it's right. I right. Think, yeah, it all depends right. on your, your circumstances, your age, all those types of things. So if you're like 60, then it can be 50%. Yes, it can. Yeah, but if you're 35, then it should be less because you've got more years to live. And because uh, all, all you got to do is it's like when I did it, right? When I did it, and I got lucky, right? So I did it at the top in 2017, and I knew it was going to be the worst decision of my life financially. But I knew I was doing it, and I was buying time. I was yeah. buying my freedom, and that's worth it. I was getting the key to the door to work out to walk out of a 14 hour a day job seven days a week. And I got to just walk out and fucking leave it all behind. That's worth, it was worth the financial hit. And weirdly, I got lucky in the fact that that was the top. We had a four-year bear or three-year bear market. So weirdly, I ended up stacking sats all the way along those three years, got all that Bitcoin back plus a little bit more. And then the price went fucking crazy again. So <laughs> it all kind of worked out where I actually didn't take any financial hit and bought time. It was just happened to be a good trade. That was purely lucky. So when you do it, all you need to do is know you're buying time and know it's the worst trade of your life and just be happy with it. See, what I'm thinking about, which doesn't technically fit into buying time, but it does in the longer term. So by buying the house, it, it removes the mortgage, which allows you then to stack more, but you haven't got any debt. Whereas when you actually think about that, that is a little bit backward because you may as well just keep it in there if it's going to keep yeah, it you should, Yeah, you should only ever, ever sell is when you're quitting work. Don't just do it to reduce some mental thing that you're just bothered about. Just remove the bother. <clears throat> just, that's, that's you just trolling yourself. Just, just stop doing that bit. And um, yeah, the time that you do it should be, yeah, yeah, we're done now. We're going to take a, a portion out. House is paid because we just want it all done. Nice, which I agree with. Get out of the banking system. Fuck giving them profit. I'm never going to give them a penny. So come out, pay all that off. And also have a chunk left to go, that's our spends for the next five years. But then we're not going to do anything else. That's We're going to leave the rest in. And, and so you're buying time then. You're buying, yeah. both of you are retiring and the house is done. That's that's when you should do it. If you're not at that point and you still need to work, even though the house is paid, then what are you doing? That's silly. Just just leave it in. That's a huge amount of money. Just leave it in. 
every 10% is like a year's wages. So just what you're doing, silly. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So there's a lot of thought and it's big, big calls, that isn't it? It's big decisions. Yeah. And it's all very personal, right? It's all yeah. people have different decisions. It's just but just know that the price of Bitcoin is going up to 15 million pound a coin. So like whatever just times whatever you have, how many Satoshis you have, times it by 15 million. That's what you you that's what you have. The only thing that is stopping you from getting that is your impatience. So you, can be, <laughs> you can be patient, you get that. It's um, we've always said, haven't we? It's like having a lottery ticket, um, and you know you have the winning numbers, but yeah. when the draw happens, it's, it's taking 15 years for the draw. Like you've got number six, like 18, and that six has come out, 18's come out, 35's come out, and the next three, you know, are the ones you have, but they haven't. There's come only out. three balls, there's only three balls in the in the pool, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and so you just got to wait for them to drop. And it's can you wait or do you want to cash? Some of the tickets in now, and uh, sure, so I wouldn't. I, I'd be too nervous doing the cashing at the moment. I've I've never really sold Bitcoin <laughs> before, so it'd be a bit of a new world. Yeah, and that's a good way to be. At the moment, like we're still so cheap. It's um, literally, it's like, like I was I was talking to someone on Twitter today, and it's um, why, why aren't you buying um Bitcoin? It's ninety eight percent off. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We, we, we still have like a fifty x to go at least, <laughs> if not more. So. Why are we not? Like, uh, people are kind of trying to call like local tops and oh, we might be doing a pullback. It's like, well, it's on sale. It's ninety eight percent off. Like, yeah, well, it will, it, it's it's almost certain going to pull back. It, it will certainly go back probably yeah. down to thirty five, then go to forty seven, then go down to forty, then go to fifty four. That's what how it works, isn't it? You get pullbacks, and it's insignificant if we pull back and you you, you scroll out a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, it's just that well, though that fifteen percent of bitcoin that is on exchanges people just they push it backwards and forwards and yeah. and the traders and, and and the big boys that have billions purposefully do it they all they will sell like and it'll probably happen sometime this week or something someone just go on exchange and for lols just sell a billion dollars worth of bitcoin and the price will plummet by 10 or 15 percent and they're purely because they've got another two billion sat on the side and they'll buy it with that and then they'll yeah. pump it back up and it's so you just have to accept the fact that we're in this frothy water so anything above 40 at the moment is frothy but then eventually we'll consolidate at 50 then we'll consolidate at 60 70 you know and it will just keep going higher and higher but above the layer that we've consolidated on it's frothy and the and the traders just push the price around but it's just noise if if you take a like a leaf out of Sir Neverlook's book just don't look and um well he's sensible of that and that's why I said to you didn't I I said that I don't believe that he's sticking to his, his regime. Listen, and you said, absolutely is. And I can't believe, I, I actually can't wait to listen to your pod when I go back to work next week. He asked, what the, he asked what the price was. He said, I don't know. And it's like, what the hell? We've just gone over 50K. And he's like, have we? Oh my God, that's massive. So he obviously doesn't go on Twitter and stuff, does he? Because you, uh, you can't miss it. Yeah, I don't like think that. he does massively now. Although saying that, the Bitcoin Twitter doesn't necessarily no. quote price very often, does it? Think no, it's it. normally just chatter. So yeah. yeah, I don't think he is massively into Bitcoin Twitter, but... He de- he's because the thing is like he got into Bitcoin like late 2017 and then he had three years of pain. He had <laughs> he had all the price alerts all set and they were all just another 20 percent down, another 20 percent down, another 20 percent, and he just like because like, was didn't want to sell obviously, so just deleted all the apps, deleted all the notifications, and was like I don't want to fucking know. Well, I have a, cl- a pain, and then since the price is going up, he's gone. I ain't putting them back, which so, is right interesting then. Do you think he was a true Bitcoiner when he was huddling through the 2018 no. sort of bit? No, or was he forced into it because <laughs> he got his ass bitten so much he couldn't yeah. afford oh, yeah. to press the button self because then it's consolidated guaranteed loss? Yeah, yeah. He, oh, he, and to a certain extent, I think um, he would admit it that he's only become a true Bitcoin. He got in in 2017, technically, but he didn't become a Bitcoin until 2021. Till episode five. <laughs> Because I can't remember, but I reckon around episode five is when he became it. Because in episode two, when there was a guest, when I was a guest on it, there was no way when we were discussing pricing was was either of them, I, any three of them. Was it was Mark on it? I can't remember if he was on it on that day. But I can't, I don't believe any of them were genuinely in yeah. by that point. Yeah, it, they they obviously they were buying that way. But anyway, interestingly, I'm doing a marketing module at the moment on my MBA. Uh, and this part came in and it's called generational marketing, right? And I thought it was so pertinent to um, 
I can't believe I've used that word twice in one pod. Person, I've never used that word before in my life. But anyway, basically, our grandparents' era was called the baby boomers. Yeah. And then it was Generation X was like our parents. We're millennials in yep. Generation Z. And baby boomers basically made the money. On property. Yeah, Generation X um, wasn't that rich. There wasn't that much property, but they were rich because their parents were rich. Yeah. By and they also had inheritance. By our age, they reckon it's one in three will have a house. That'll be it. Yeah. Can afford it. It's been watered we, down, hasn't it? It keeps getting yeah. watered down. Yeah, and we can have some inheritance. And they reckon by like our kids' era, Generation Z, they won't have houses. They won't be buying them. They won't be able to. And you can see that already, and that's what we've predicted. I just thought that was just insane. And then you need you need to watch last week's pod on um, the Great Reset because there's a quote that comes from the World Economic Forum. It says, "By 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy." Wow. Well, that that that, that makes sense. Because they, yeah, yeah, I can see that. There's another thing as well that I that I went through, and it was interesting. Because basically about the thing, to, the thing to ask yourself, right? If people aren't going to own houses, who is owning them? Uh, well, someone no owns them, don't they? Yeah, it's the government, the money printers, and the banks. Yeah, and then there's one other thing as well. So another type of marketing is, so you got consumption pioneers, and they are innovators. So that's I'm trying to work out where you are in this, by the way. Okay, with Bitcoin, so you got consumption pioneers, and they're innovators. You've got early adopters who adopt the new idea you got early majority that's a deliberate move just above the average person you got the late majority which is the skeptical after majority of trends and then you've got the lagging adopters which is tradition bad like i said you know you got you got like a chasm there normally there's um there's the, there's the, what was the first category i've called it consumption pioneers i've actually briefed this down a little bit because you have got awareness interest evaluation trial and adoption that's like yeah. how we do it. But the five main stages of adoption are, yeah. yeah. Normally, so, normally, you, normally you have like, you have the crazy people that just try everything at the beginning. Then you have the early adopters. Then normally what you have is a chasm. And there's a, it's, um, it's actually called like, you've got to breach the chasm because most products and most ideas never get across the chasm. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Because those first categories of people, they just try fucking everything. Yeah, to be fair, in this, in my example then, We've we've removed the chasm because we've just assumed the idea is working. Okay. So yeah, I get what I, you're saying. I, I, so, I'm in the second group there. I'm not. In I the say super, I'm not in the yeah. super early group because I came in to Bitcoin yes, about seven years, eight years late. So they're, they're in, yeah. Satoshi and all those boys. Consumption that, pioneers, and then I was. I'm, pretty... I'm, I'm an early adopter, and then so before the chasm, the chasm is probably being breached about now, and the early majority are here now. Yeah, because I was I was working out. I don't think it's fair, but I think I was actually put, putting myself in the same category as yourself. But then probably not because it wasn't probably until later years which I put all in to make it worthwhile. So I'm probably very very early majority. Yeah, probably. Whereas you're, you're probably banging after, them. You're probably just after the chasm. Yeah. Yeah, and then early majority is is a deliberate move, which was by me, and it's above the average, which I'd say that's fair. Then yeah. I think we're now in the late late majority but it's weird saying that because no, we're, not... no, no, no. we're still early majority but do you not think you skept out... skeptical is still in there so you got people just testing the water your hedges and stuff like that whilst i'm saying late majority this is the lagging people are going to be the oh, that, buying they're... at a million yeah they're going to be the laggards will be buying at 15 million i suppose they have to because it'll be forced upon them won't yeah. they? that's the whole point like, they, yeah. they literally refuse to do it it's like they they refuse mobile phones until every single person had whatsapp and refused to text them, yeah. and they have to then get a proper phone. Uh, so yeah, so at the moment we're early majority, right? And you just got to work it out. Um, it's very easy to do with Bitcoin. So there's about 200 million wallets that exist right now. There's eight billion people on the planet. So 200 million out of eight billion, it's a tiny. So we're just Is that over all the amount of wallets we've got. Is that ledgers? No, 200 million unique addresses on the blockchain. Ah, okay, okay. Oh, I see. So that's from. <laughs> exchanges so would that be would you have one address to the exchange and then would you have one exchange one address to the chain from your ledger yeah well basically it's a combination of the two so we can obviously with the 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 exchange addresses they only have like say 10 addresses but then there's five million people behind it so and then the have, lightning as well lightning is going to mess up 
Yeah, there's lightning as well. So it's a guess, right? But then you're saying, though, you're saying unique. So that's guaranteed. Unique is there's always been at least one transaction by 200 million individual investors, aren't you? So that, mm-hmm. is a, that is a fact, isn't it? There might be a few more. The chances are, if you've got that far down Bitcoin, you, would have used, you wouldn't have just gone straight to use lightning, would you? No, no. You're going to be using the extra blockchain. So it probably is quite an accurate thing. Of- yeah. But, but, but just, just factor that in, right? 200 million. Um, so that's you know, a fifth of a billion, 20% of a billion. So of the 8 billion, it's, it's tiny. So at the moment, yeah. on your little graph, it's like the, the majority that comes in. So basically, we'll probably have a, there'll be like half a billion of laggards that are going to be last and they're, they're going to get super wrecked. And then you've probably got 3 billion of the late majority, 3 billion the early majority. At the moment, we're on 200 million. So we're only just out, just got through. Yeah the super crazies that just try anything. We've then got the early adopters um, that, that are kind of like, they, they take big risk. We've crossed the chasm now and we're like a couple of layers in. That's it. That's where yeah. we are. We're, we're so early, which is why that's, and that reflects the price. Because then if you look at putting the price out, we're at 50K here and at the back, when the laggards come in, we're at 15 million. It all kind of plays out. It's, um, mm-hmm. It all matches. So yeah, so on that chart, we're, we're over the chasm now. So now it's, that's because the thing is like, if you buy Bitcoin now, it's not risky, is it? It's, you're not being crazy buying Bitcoin, which means we're yeah. over the chasm. You know, when I was getting in and, and you were getting in and we're sending money to Estonia and uh, it was all just fucking money was getting lost for two weeks, appearing, what's this ledger thing? Nuts. That's early adopter level. That's yeah. nuts. Like completely nuts. Why don't you just buy some ices or buy some stocks? So that is, that's early adopted. Now, pretty much every country in the world, just go sign up for an account, get an exchange, send some money there, buy some. It's super easy. The, the chasm has been breached. It's on every single investment program. Yeah. Billionaires are getting in. Elon Musk went on Saturday Night Live in America, the most watched TV show uh, in America with like hundreds of millions of views. He went on fucking preaching about Doge fucking coin. No so way. We are over the chasm definitely but it's just a debate now about how far through we are and i think we're super early in there some people might think we're further in but i think they're just bearish on price <clears throat> because all you got to do is work out on the numbers 200 million people roughly have bitcoin right now that's nothing absolutely it's, it's like a couple of percent of the population we have fuck tons of room to grow so do you, do you think though with regards to um like the altcoins the shit coins what <laughs> Are they they going to definitely delay adoption? Aren't they? Because there's a lot of money chucked into the Ethereum's of the world, Doge, LFTs. So you do makes you think, doesn't it? Like all that money, that how long do these last for? In the shadow of, unlike can Ethereum, if it follows on trend as well, you're going to have Ethereum and probably all the other shit coins are going to have their pump just behind Bitcoin as they always do follow it. How far can Ethereum go? Can it has it got the potential to go any higher than the it's 10 grand? It, yeah, it might get to 10k or something like that. Yeah, maybe it does, but it's it's not it still hasn't got a working product. No, no it's it's flawed, but people don't understand that. That's the point. They just but eventually people realize it, right? So at the moment it's pure speculation and it doesn't need to do anything. You just buy it on an exchange. Oh, okay, yeah, because it's so because we're really adopted, I guess. Yeah, majority, yeah, yeah, exactly. If you're buying Bitcoin um, or Ethereum or shitcoin, then yeah, you're in the kind of crazy land because they've only got a couple of million users. So in comparison to the eight billion, you're the nutter. So in a weird way, yeah, there's gains to be made, but just make that's sure it. It's an out. investment, isn't it? It's not there for the future. It's, it's there it's, for the now, isn't it? I, it's more of a gamble. I, it's, it's like going to the roulette table and going, I want to bet on red. And you, you spin the thing. And if it comes in, you look a genius. If it goes out, you look like a dick. And uh, at the moment, like that's what's happening in shitcoin land, right? You, there's 9,000 coins. There's about five that outperform, outperform Bitcoin, which means there's 8,995 that didn't. <laughs> and a lot of them didn't just outperform it. They went to fucking zero. <laughs> so... Yeah. It's literally like a roulette table, right? Where there's, I don't know, like 9,000 numbers. You bet on five numbers and then you spin the wheel. And um, if any number comes in other than your one, you lose everything. And uh, whereas with Bitcoin, it's like you've got every number already done and you just spin it and you just make 10% a week. Right? So 
it's if a lot of people go 10% isn't enough for me. I want a 10 no. I want a thousand percent this week. All right, we'll go to that table over there. There's 9,000 numbers on it. You can bet on five, spin the wheel and see what happens. And obviously 99% of the time it lands on red and you lose everything. But all we hear about is the couple of people that get it good. They go on Twitter with their Lambo and their couple of million dollars worth of profit and go, shit coining's the future. If I'd invested Bitcoin, I'd only have had this. Instead, I invested in the shit coin and I've got that. And it's survivorship bias. Like, where's the, for every one of them, there's 999 people that got wrecked and are not on Twitter and are back flipping burgers in McDonald's now. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. And the, that's the other thing as well, isn't it? Whilst we're still thinking of all Bitcoin and all the, all the digital currencies as methods of investment making money, it, it, there's no need for it to be a real product, is there? That, that is the ultimate point, isn't it? There's no product in having an Amazon share. It just goes up, and then you sell it, and you make money again. So people will eventually be trained out of that and think, well, there is. You can use Bitcoin now when you go abroad, so you don't have to do an exchange rate, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Once that starts, but then they start. will start. Penny will drop when they go. I want to spend Ethereum in Cyprus next week, not not Bitcoin. Oh, you can't spend Ethereum. Well, why not? No, you just can't at the moment. Okay, oh, it must be later. So I get Bitcoin. And then before you know it, people will start doing that. Yeah, there's a great tweet from Vitalik, who's the founder of Ethereum. I retweeted it the other day. I think it's from 2014 or 2015. And um, it was just when he was creating Ethereum. And um, the price um, or the price of a transaction on Bitcoin was five cents. And he was saying it's disgraceful that the future of money has a fee as high as five cents. So I'm creating Ethereum. And here it is. That was seven years ago when he created Ethereum. And then um, if we fast forward to today, the, the price of an average Ethereum transaction today is $50. Jesus. So he created Ethereum because he thought five cents of a transaction was too high. He created a product that ended up being $50. So he didn't even deliver. It's like 1,000 times more expensive on Ethereum than it was on Bitcoin back then. Uh, so he did not solve the problem. But somehow he's still going and they just reinvent the, the, the best thing about Ethereum is it's marketing. Because I was gonna say, I was just gonna say it's marketing. Is that the the itself doesn't, so what they keep doing is evolving what the product is. Originally it was a Bitcoin competitor, then it was an ICO platform, then it was a DeFi platform, now it's an NFT platform. It doesn't actually even like if you, if you're like a relatively normal person and want to buy an NFT. You have to pay something like, I think the, the amount of transactions you have to do to actually buy an NFT and store it and stuff is like two or three transactions. So that's $150 you have to spend just to get your NFT. And so if you want to buy your little JPEG to put as your Twitter profile picture, just to flex on the plebs online, if you've only got $1,000 or $500, say, your $150 is just going to be sending it around. Transactions. Yeah, Jesus. So for the, for the average person who just, like whenever I've talked to people about Bitcoin, typically like they only want to get in with a couple of hundred dollars early, a couple of hundred pounds, whatever it might be. On Ethereum, that's impossible because that's what the fees are. So yeah, it's just a nonsense. And it's the thing of all the shit coins. They all, they all run their, their course. But the thing is like in the, in the history of all versions of money, in the history of just human beings anyway, there's always people looking for, for quick gains. Uh, there's scammers that stand there next to the legitimate product going, we're better. And a huge percent of the stupid money and the dumb money goes to the scammers. It happens every single time. So as sad as it is, uh, it's would just you say that's Would you say that's like the dumb early adopters? The early people that are a little bit... You know, you said one of the things you liked about Bitcoin is at the moment are like half intelligent they got conviction and they're open-minded mm. <clears throat> so there's three major traits there so you could have open-minded you could have conviction but if you haven't got the brains exactly you, and that's where you, you fall down so you do need to have the combined package you can't just be open-minded you have to have that little bit of intelligence and yeah. and that which gives you research intelligence gives you research which obviously you don't have to be super intelligent for research but you have to have that mindset and generally sensible. You don't get, you don't, I don't believe you get born a genius. You, you get, you map a genius brain through years of doing the right things with it. I, I generally think that you don't just be naturally super clever. 
when it's coming to things like who's ever shown you Bitcoin? Only you can go and look for it. All right. People you educate yourself. Get, people definitely get born of genius brains, but yeah, it's just about knowledge and educating yourself. Yeah. So occasionally, like at a Bitcoin event, I'll meet someone and they'll be a bit stupid, and um, they'll just be, I don't know, just the, the way they talk and like what they want to do that evening. It's just all a bit weird. And um, if I keep talking to them, I realize, oh, they are a bit of a Bitcoiner, but really they trade shit coins. I go, ah, so here we are. So they've got different characteristics, right? So they don't have the brains. They haven't figured this out yet. And one of their biggest things is about time preference. Bitcoiners tend to have a low time preference and are willing, they're patient and they wait. They don't want the immediate gratification. Shitcoiners have high time preference. They want gains today. And yeah. even though they will override their brain, even if they are smart, they're so greedy and they just want stuff to show off and show the world. They normally got Instagram accounts. They're just, they got big egos. This is all the stuff that then just makes you a shit of a human being and fundamentally makes you poor because it, once you start buying into all that stuff, essentially it means you're a little bit dumb because you should realize that yeah, doing that stuff might look impressive and might no one cares. get you a, a, a circle of friends or maybe like an attractive partner short term, but it's all just for show, right? So they're going to realize the truth once they get in. They're going to realize it's all just bollocks. And um, so, yeah, so that's that's the, the difference between it. And, and, and unfortunately, obviously, all these people are going to come into Bitcoin eventually because all these shit coins, they, they pump, but then they dump. So if you look at the top 10 shit coins over the last 12 years, they're constantly changing. You know, there's, there's barely any one that has stayed consistent uh, over the last 10 years. They keep coming in and then drop out. So I don't doubt if we even fast forward another 10 or 20 years, Bitcoin will be 15 million pounds a coin. There will be a new shitcoin project and people will be going, this is the new Bitcoin. Even when the entire world is denominated Bitcoin, someone will launch a coin saying this is the new Bitcoin and a couple of million people will fall for it and make the founders <laughs> super rich. And you'll just be sat there going, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Um, but it's just the scams every day, right? There's, there's scams now, the scams in the fiat world. Your phone rings. Someone tells you they got a great investment. Please invest in my wine, in my stock, in my whatever. <laughs> like it's, there's scammers everywhere. And unfortunately, because people fall for it, people will always fund and make it and incentivize scammers to exist. Because if they didn't fall for it, the scammers wouldn't do it. That's right, yeah. Ah, quality. Right, so leave it there. We didn't go to, we didn't even touch the agenda, by the way. No, yeah, I just stayed on Bitcoin, the price, and then what we're yeah. doing. But yeah, it's been a good chat. So we've yeah, it's been, been quality. Been missing for two or three weeks, haven't we? So we get back to the agenda next week. Yeah, sound. All right, bro. Have fun. Stay in poor. <laughs>